can't just say yeah. there's a big gorilla and leave me there hanging. What's tell yeah, me about the big gorilla? June 28th, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 152. And getting spread for the show, I'm Abel Kirby. And preparing for the shock of my life, I'm Cold Acid. The shock is going to come from above, isn't it? Uh, it could come from anywhere, but I, I tell you, it's going to be it's going to be quite the jolt. Jeez. When it um, what form is it? A mechanical shock or electrical shock? Uh, you got to let me know. Electrical. Oh, okay. All right. I even bought a book for it. Really? What kind yeah. of book? Uh, let's see. Electrical Code Simplified House Wiring Guide. Oh. Provincial Regulations to Pass Local Inspection. Based on the 25th edition of the Canadian Electrical Code. Oh, man. That must be a page turner. Electrical oh, Code. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't put it down. So you're finally getting to put that wall up. Is that what I'm, uh, I'm surmising? The frame has been up for months now, a couple of months now. It went up, it went up in April. Okay, and... And I am getting to the point where I figured out what my wiring plan is going to be, and now I have to figure out how to execute said plan without killing myself. Ah, uh, without one of these. There you go, there's a better electrical... Oh, speaking of months, speaking of months, I re I noticed something in the fridge uh, just the other day. Uh -oh. I've had this I've had this can of cider that I didn't realize was there that's been sitting there for like six months. Does cider go bad? Um, I'm sure eventually it it will. Uh, we're talking years on the horizon. I don't think it goes bad that fast. Okay, so it should be safe to drink for next week's show. Well, there's uh, there's a couple of things that go on. One is there's if there's organic molecules inside, they can break down in uh, different ways given enough time, and uh, they it's, don't taste it's too well. Cider. It is it is an alcohol made from apples. There's going to be organics inside. Yeah, the alcohol should stay the same, I think. But sometimes uh, this is my I have a limited understanding of uh, of how some of these chemical processes work. But my understanding is that. Um, depending on what you put in, what's, what the actual ingredients are, sometimes it will fail before you open it if you wait too long. Okay. Um, uh, so, Hey Citizen uh, put in the chat something that I think we should try singing. Okay. Do you want, do you want to do the background or do you want to do the foreground singing part um, of it? You're going to have to point me to what part of the chat I'm looking at. Uh, look at what Hey Citizen said last. Oh, living in the fridge, that part. You can't stop the mold from growing. It's living in the fridge. <laughs> the old Weird Al cover of what, living on the edge? Yeah, probably. Love those Weird Al covers, they, uh, or weir Weird Al parodies, those are always fun. That's one of the nice things now about, uh, about uh, Darren's own shows that go live to air. Is he he now seems to like do like ten minutes of Weird Al before the shows actually start? Oh, that's great! Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So I don't I don't listen to that one with uh, Gene, but I listen. Well, of course, I listen to Planet Rage. Oh yeah, and I listen to Grumpy Old Ben's. And yeah, normally normally now before those start, he does like ten minutes or so of Weird Al. I like that. 
And Weird Al's... Sir uh, Bembrose claims it's his fault. Weird Al's a, uh, uh, a thing you can listen to a lot of different songs and they don't get boring because they're all different, you know? They're in someone else's yeah. style. Yeah. Like a surgeon. Hey! Operating for the very first time. Yep. Yeah, that was a good music video, too. Rolling around yeah, on the floor. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. <laughs> I like that scene where they have the uh, retractors pulling open a wallet. He reaches and pulls out a dolly bill. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> great little great little bit hey what'd you open there uh let's see it is uh it is a natural flavor soda uh the flavor is phrase Haritos. nice let's see i yes, got very nice i got something here let me pop this one open this is I must have had one of these before, but this is a Blake's Hard Cider of all things. Ooh! Um, it is a. You're, you're taking. You're taking my bit. Yeah, I know. This is. He took her gerbs. He took my drinks. Triple Jam is what it's called: strawberry, blackberry, and raspberry. And the graphic on it's pretty fun. It has a sort of these berries turned into cars. They look like little smart cars driving around in a Hold traffic on a jam. Hold on a second. It's made from berries. Or it's flavored like berries. There's um, a big difference here. I believe it's made from berries. It sure has the berries on the front. Um, three berry perfection. Do, 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 do. I'm not sure where it says on the can. I'm going to have to get back to this. I'll let you know in a minute. Uh, yeah, because generally, generally those are just flavored ciders. They're not actual, like, made from, the, from those fruits. They're just added flavoring. Yeah, I think this was apple cider with the uh, apple cider with uh, fruit flavors added or fruit concentrates added. Yeah, I don't drink those. Those are those are made from lies. I think they're fine. I mean, the cars on the front are look like they look like berries. How can you go wrong? One of these cars, <laughs> two of them actually have these weird bubble uh, cockpit looking cabs. It's very strange. Well, the more I look at this, the crazy, the crazier they go. The strawberry does not have side mirrors. I'm not sure that's legal. You're going to have to take a picture of this can now. <laughs> I think I could probably, someone could probably find a Blake's Hard Cider Triple Jam can on the internet, post it. But man, uh, I'm, I'm living, a, I'm spreading out around here, by the way. Lude. Yeah, I'm Lude. getting spread for the show. I got spread for the show today. That's, that's perverted. That's terrible. Uh, children should not be listening to this. <laughs> well, what I did is I got toe separators. You know those? Uh, you know what those are? I didn't know what these were for a long time, and then I found out about them. Uh, they're like these things you put on your feet, and they push your toes apart. I know about them. Why do you have them? Because they feel fucking awesome. Dude, these things are great. I might, I might toe boxes. This is weird as fuck. This is, it's, it's awesome. Okay, so I, I'm gonna be living my best life. I'm gonna be like going to North Sentinel Island, you know, big toe box shoes, <laughs> just like those yeah, guys. You're you gonna, know, you're natural paint toe your nails box too next. Na natural toe box. I did get a pedicure today. Jesus Christ! You turned <laughs> into a woman or something? But what I, <laughs> what I mean is an uh, illegal immigrant clipped my toenails. That's what a pedigree, pedi. <laughs> Whatever it is means. A pedigree is a no pedigree. a pedigree is a, a pedicure. church showing parentage. <laughs> what? A pedigree? No, that's a. It's one of those things babies suck on. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, dude, that's a pedophile. All Serve right, and we're off. If your pedicure had a happy ending, uh, it might. If I'm lucky, let's see. The <laughs> I agree. Somehow, I, I wanted to mention it on the show because uh, these sorts of things don't get talked about by straight men that often. No, they don't. For for good reasons. <laughs> straight men tend to not go for these I, things. I am. I'm on the uh, the toes spreading bandwagon now. I'm I'm wearing these around the house. My toes are like eight miles wide. I'm gonna go bigger. You know those people you're, who gauge you're, their you're ears. your fucking toes. You know those people who gauge their ears. And they trade like 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 they cut a hole Jesus in their nose Christ. and they spread it as far as they can. You're you're you're, you're gauging your fucking toes. It's gonna be awesome. Holy shit! My shoes are gonna look like Wayne head. If anyone gets that reference, send me an email. The uh, it's great though, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it it's I feel free. I feel like my metatarsals are the way they're supposed to be, the way evolution made them. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Meanwhile, here I am with this fucking ripped muscle in one of my feet. <laughs> you see, if you had strong toes, it wouldn't have happened. If I had strong. If I had strong heels, I have strong heels. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, you know, the those people who, uh, like, they don't have arms and they, they have to, like, feed themselves with their feet. They get really dexterous. Do you know why? Because they gape their toes? Because they put stuff between their toes all the time. That's what makes them so good at it. So, what I'm trying to say... Yeah, is and I'm sure, I'm sure an armless person... Can get can give the best can give the best like toe bang to his girlfriend. And I've got I've got the chopsticks on order, and I'm gonna be practicing. That's that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's gonna be really cool. You gauge your toes so that you can be a better toe banger. A better toe banger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> toe bang. Good lord. Uh, what do we do on uh, this show? God. Uh, we. We do something. I don't know. Uh, I have something for you. I have something for you. You know how you were giving me, you were doing those, uh, you were doing that game show bit of a while ago. Yes. I'm turning the tables on you, dude. Oh no. Is it time? Oh yes. Yeah. I got, uh. All right. So I got here, I got here, uh, five sounds that I pulled from a video uh, called Sounds Every 90s Kids Remember. Oh, boy. All and, right, I right, mean, right. we were we were kids of the 80s and 90s, so you should be able to recognize these. All right, all right. So I'm going to play I'm going to play each one. And then at the end, you tell me what you think it's from. And then I will tell you if you're right or wrong. All right. Uh, I'm ready. So let's can I let's get ready to play. Let's do it. Sound number one. The fuck? Oh, this is my friends group. Yeah, that's what this one is. In the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. I know Why this is sound. This is, this is the party in my room. <laughs> what the f- <laughs> Hold on. Ah! How are we doing? Uh, let's, let's, okay, sound number one. Okay. What do you think it's from? Oh, I, uh, Legend of Zelda, um, message popped up from, uh, one of the N64 versions. Nope. Yours Max mask. Nope. 
Want another try? Uh, another N64 game that has a item pickup sound from that era? No. Okay, I don't get that's That's all I could think of. It's the Konami intro sound. This particular, this particular version of it, from the Super NES version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Oh, I did play that game, but I don't remember. I don't remember the intro sound at all. No, I'll give myself all right. a, an X for that. Sound number two. I was going to say Kim Possible, but that was a little too late for that. Um... I'm cheating. I saw Cotton Gin say it in the chat, so I'm going to give myself an X. But Power Rangers? Yep. 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 If I wasn't watching chat, I'm going to just going to close the window. Yeah, stop watching chat. No more cheating. I knew it was a TV show right away. All right. Number three. All right, PlayStation 2 intro, when you turned the console on. PlayStation 1. PlayStation 1. Ah, oh, come on. Yeah. I'm in the ballpark. <laughs> All right, this one might be a little easier. Number four. Ah, it's a Windows start. Yes, uh, uh, which 90, version of Windows? Uh, I want to say 98. Uh, the one that Brian Eno did the sounds for. If that was 98. The one Brian Eno did the sounds for was 95. So which one is it? 95 or 95? 95. Yes! Okay. I got one. You got one! <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember... Wow. I didn't remember the version of Windows, but I remember the guy who did this, who made the sound effect. Yeah. Okay. Okay, number five. Okay. Um, could you play that again and cut out? And I... Okay, I'll play it again. Yeah, um, that was a pinball game, and I know it's obvious it's a pinball game, but I'm trying to remember the exact name. They, I remember like the, one of the boards on it. If it's uh, if it's the game I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of a Windows pinball desktop pinball uh, game, and I can't remember the name for it. Yes, there's only the one board. There's only the one board. I don't know. Yeah, it's a Space Cadet pinball that came with uh, oh. that came with plus ninety five. That fucking game never was very good because there was a better version of uh, of pinball on that same. Uh, it wasn't free, but yeah, it was published by Maxis. I have I forget the name of the company that actually developed it, and Microsoft made a deal with Maxis that hey, you give us one board of this game that we can uh, that we can ship with our plus pack. Okay. So that right. makes me. I got one. I got, yeah. No, go. I, you were you were close enough. You were okay. close enough. So I've got one more. I've got one more bonus round. Bonus round. Now this one this one cuts off because if I let the if I let what follows it immediately from where I cut off, you would know right away the answer. So here we go. Number six. Butterfly in the sky. That one? Yes. Reading Rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, I know that song. Uh, that synth is uh, ingrained in that my th memory. Th yeah, that synth is unique. 
passport.midi. Sorry, Servo, that was close. Dun, dun, dun. look, it's in a book. Reading, reading Rainbow. Rainbow. <laughs> All right. Hey, there we go. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. And that, I guess, was the end of the game. Wow. That was the end of the game, yeah. All so, right. what do you have to talk about? Oh. You you had something about <laughs> moons uh, that we didn't get to last week. Muons. Close enough. Muons. Uh, this was sent in by Cotton Gin. It was a Science Direct page uh, that was hosting an article um, written by several people. This guy, Tanaka et al., I guess. And I'm going to just link that page in chat because it's... It's more fun if you peruse it while we're uh, talking about it. This was a muon-based uh, navigation system that uses um, basically these particles of cosmic origin. Uh, and there's some distribution of them coming down from different regions of the sky. And so if you can tell what direction they're arriving from, um, you can basically do... It's sort of the same thing as a um, star tracker, you know, but instead of tracking stars, you're tracking, you know, cosmic ray sources. And uh, there's a little more involved because they have to have reference sites uh, that they're correlating with. But the basic idea is because muons penetrate uh, the sea better than radio waves do and uh, the ground, they actually go pretty deep underground. The... Um, actually could be used for navigation in places where GPS um, signals can't reach. Now, didn't they have something uh, about muons in Sudbury before? Well, there's muons everywhere. Uh, I wanted no, to... No, I mean, there was like some big, there was like some big Sudbury uh, particle research thing. Oh, there's a... Muon detectors are kind of standard inside uh, particle Oh, sorry, accelerators. those were neutrinos, not muons. Sure. Yeah. Neutrinos, different particle. Um, muons are a lot more common and they can interact with normal stuff. Uh, I, I brought the article, but I can't really speak to it. There's, it, it feels like it's a level beyond my understanding. So I, I can't really talk about that, but I do. Which means it's like three levels beyond mine. I did want to bring up an old article. I think we mentioned it on Rare Encounter in the past. Must have been over a year, maybe maybe way at the beginning, but it was an article called Capturing Cosmic Rays with a Digital Camera. And it's a similar idea to this muon detector. I mean, you're not going to find out where you are by correlating these, but the um, bottom line is muons interact with, because they're just charged particles moving fast, they can interact with um, the elements of a CMOS chip, like a CCD for example, and if you have a CCD made out of CMOS and a muon passes through that pixel, uh, it can register as hot, even if there's no light shining on it. So this is uh, an article, I'll link this in the chat too, so you can all can see what I'm talking about. The, uh, the basic idea is you turn off uh, the ability for your camera to receive, like you turn off the light going into the lens by covering it with some kind of really, really good blackout film. 
Um, by the way, 3M makes some really good lightproof films <laughs> they use for stuff. But that aside, so you cover up the lens so there's no light getting through, and then you take pictures anyway. And when you take a picture with the, uh, the lens covered up, well, you get nothing. But if you take a lot of pictures over and over, or and integrate for a long time, and they talk about it in this can't... Uh, as camera guys, they're talking about doing long exposures. But what you're really doing is you're summing all of the energy that gets on all of these um, elements. What happens is the thermal noise gets gets uh, reduced every time you do integration. So the noise floor goes down. You become more sensitive because you're doing a long exposure. And you also can start to see a lot of defects in the camera. So they have like amplifier glow and other things that are going on. And this article has so, a... So what you're telling me is that the noise in my photos isn't from the cosmic rays. I'm just a shitty photographer. <laughs> no. The noise in your photos is mostly due to um, thermal noise. Okay. So there's... Uh, so it's not my fault. Good. <laughs> the, the, there's different kinds of noise. People use the word noise to describe a lot of things. Um, the noise I'm talking about is Gaussian noise or thermal noise, and it shows up as, you know, even when there's no light impinging on a red or a green or a blue uh, detector, it still registers some small amount of voltage. Uh, and so from moment to moment, that is changing. Uh, so if you take a picture uh, and then take another picture, the thermal noise has a chance of all being in kind of opposite directions. Uh, so if you're doing integration, you can... And, and averaging it, you can actually push the noise floor down way below kind of the zeroth the, or the least significant bit on the sensor. And you get what's called bit growth, by the way. And there's bit a whole growth. bit growth. There's a whole nomenclature and it has like ENOB and which is the effective number of bits. It sounds like a book in the, of the Bible, you know, um, but it's ENOB. ENOB could also be like, I know, some sort of some sort of like cyber sex move. <laughs> I got my E knob. It just stands for effective number of bits, and uh, you, there's a whole there's a whole DSP kind of study about this. Uh, anyway, um, when you're in that state where you you're kind of going slow and you've made your sensor really sensitive and you're not really receiving anything from external sources, at least not from photons, um, you can become sensitive to muons and. If one impinges on the um, CCD of your camera, it can turn a pixel hot. And so what you're doing is kind of doing this process over and over and over and watching to see little smears. And they, the shape of the smear, and if you scroll down in the article at the end, there's sort of trails. You can find out what direction they were passing through. So muons that were passing basically straight down through the camera if it was face up, you know, they make small spots. Um, you know, circularly symmetric space uh, slots because they are uh, blobs, I guess. And if they're uh, impinging on the sensor at an angle, um, they kind of graze and they excite more pixels in a line. So you can see sort of the direction they're going in. It's a pretty cool uh, kind of simple angle of arrival thing you can do with just a phone, you know, where you cover up the lens. You have to program it to take the right exposures and everything. But then you put it in a cabinet and you just wait. Um, for just wait a day or so. Yeah. So I wanted to give some details. They, it, in this article, they have some good summaries of what muons are. They're, um, uh, kind of the fat electrons. They're often called, <laughs> they decay into <laughs> electrons pretty fast. Um, about 
2.2 microseconds after they're created. And a lot of these muons are coming from cosmic showers, or there's actually some more energetic particle is coming in from somewhere out in space. And then when it impinges on the atmosphere, um, it kind of blasts into a bunch of different particles. And many of them are either muons, I guess, or they decay quickly into muons, and then the muons will continue to travel down. Um, back in the 60s, you had people studying cosmic rays, like when people were talking about cosmic rays, were studying those things. You know, that's kind of what they were doing, is realizing that yeah, you, you're getting all those, these different those rays detections. that are far out there, man. Not like Ray Romano, who's close to our heart. I was, uh, I was thinking more like, I was thinking more like, like, you know, way out there, man. <laughs> So uh, most of these these scattering uh, showers seem to start about 50,000 feet in altitude above sea level. Um, they have six giga electron volts, if anyone's interested, when they're created. But by the time they get down to sea level, they're around four giga electron volts. So, you know, as they're going down, they're bumping into different parts of the atmosphere. They're making ions because they're negatively charged and as they bump into stuff they kind of impart some of that charge and they lose some energy you know interacting with other shit in the atmosphere uh but anyway even when they hit sea level they keep going and they penetrate 700 meters into the ground about uh and you know it's just yeah. a, they're an interesting thing they've been used for for studying like um the pyramids they put a muon detector inside one of those and they were trying to do imaging of well because yeah, I remember that yeah that was a fun story from uh from some now, now i got i gotta i gotta take i gotta take task to something that you said and you said like the muons imparting its part of its charge as it's going through uh but other than for quarks charge is integer Right, it's it's one or zero or negative one, right? Um, so it can't really be imparting its charge. I don't think it. Im mm, I see where you're you're coming from. Um, that might have been the wrong way to say it. It doesn't lose any charge because its charge is constant, but its uh, mass, its energy is is uh, being depleted. And okay. I think yeah. actually, I think the, now that I take a step back, I have to be careful about this. But I think what it does is actually bumps um, electrons off from the matter that it interacts with, causing them to be, uh, I guess that would make them positive ions. I guess it would make electron, free electrons and positive ions, if I've got yeah, my reasoning that sound, properly. that sounds more reasonable. Yeah, you know, is that Compton scattering, maybe? Wow. I'm, I should have brushed up on this sure. more. <laughs> you didn't know there was going to be a quiz. Uh, no, no. Com I think Compton scattering was scattering from uh, from photons interacting with electrons. But I can be fact checked on that. Jeez. Anyway, these are well, all uh, get cool to it, things. Troll room. Yeah, get to it. Uh, these are just cool things to talk about and think about. Um, yeah, those fat electrons. Two point two microseconds. By the way, they make it sound like it's a really, really fast. Uh, those that's the half life. By the way. They don't all decay. In the universe, that's a really long time, though. Yeah, and like for radar, that's a long time too. It's like, whoa, shit, that's well, a long way. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like, if Planck time is like the an indivisible unit of time, right? Making it like the smallest possible unit of time, you still get a lot of Planck time in 2.2 microseconds. Mm. Oh well. 
that was kind of the, the thrust of the story. I'll put the link in if you're interested in doing the detailed work of reading this uh, this article about muon navigation. They actually demonstrated it, and it looks like it's working pretty well. Cool. They're in a basement where there's no reception for GPS and uh, correctly determining the position of things. So that's a you know really good demonstration. Someone's doing something I'm right. I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to talk to my brother about this on the weekend be like, hey, why weren't you using muons with your uh, with your self-navigating robots in, uh, in university? Huh? Oh, micro mouse, <laughs> micro mouse shit, right? Yeah, just, you know, just to, just to, just to rib them, right? Mm. All right. Well, that's all I got for that. Um, get a couple things. I wanted to mention uh, the gay shit. The gay shit. The gay shit. Yeah. Do you hear about the gay shit going on? It's not gay, and it's not going on anymore. Elon's mummy said, "Don't do it," and so he's and so he stepped down. Ah, man! I've, you didn't hear about that? Well, I'm not talking about uh, Elon. I'm talking about Lex Friedman. Why? I'm just isn't it all the same story. Yeah, but okay. So let me take a step back. Lex Friedman interviewed Mark Zuckerberg on his podcast. It was terrible. I mean, you could just hear. Every time something substantial was asked, you could just hear Zuckerberg, like it's, you could hear him squirming in you his chair. You could hear the gears in his head. What can I say that won't piss off the st- shareholders? And <laughs> so he like asked, Lex Friedman asked him, and, and I, I really don't like Lex as a, as a interviewer. I mean, his best shows are when he doesn't talk and someone else, someone in, more interesting <laughs> than him. Yeah. And, and he'll still like someone will be on talking about sustainable farming, and then I'll like try and pivot to yeah. But what about the AI? Do you think we could all be living in an AI? You know, fucking ask them these asinine questions unrelated to the topic. But enough. Fascinating. Enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, he asked Zuckerberg. You know, you you're doing a lot of layoffs. You know, how do you how do you select the right group to uh, to lay off? you're in upper management you're trying to figure out you know who do you keep and who do you get rid of and you're talking about engineers you know how do you do that i think that's a great question that that's a that's something you'd love to hear someone who's thought carefully about the how to do that correctly uh in a company make the right business decisions and instead he's like prefacing everything well you know we don't have to lay people off we just decided it might be the right thing right now and he's trying to hedge it like they're not downsizing it's so ridiculous yeah. to hear. Anyway, to cap you know, off, you know, you know what the you know what the easy and good way of answering a question like that is. You know what it is. It is at our level we don't deal with those details. We allow <laughs> managers who are closer to the bottom line workers to determine <laughs> who who are best to stay or who are best to move from their team. I like Serpent's answer. He says. I asked chat GPT. <laughs> that is the best answer you could have done. Serpent no. says my answer wasn't jargony enough either. No, he was, t- he was saying things like, oh, we cut the people who are, uh, you know, the waste, the people who aren't contributing much to the company. Oh, but, but, but we don't have any departments like that. Now all of our departments are, are, you know, correctly staffed, but we, sometimes we have to cut them, but it's not because they're bad. You know, it's just completely unable to face the fact that there's a way too many people working in his company and there, a lot of them are doing shit work or no work but he doesn't want to mm-hmm. don't let the shareholders know jeez i like what sir sir bemrose said 
We cut the people who are waste. Oh, so he's quitting? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, to cap off the uh, that interview, uh, I, I didn't even finish it. I turned it off. It was... I got through some of the material I cared about, and I turned it off. But then he goes off and starts sparring with him, and he had this video of Mark Zuckerberg and Lex Friedman like doing uh, jujitsu. And I, I, yeah, I see a picture of this with <laughs> surprise robot on the floor with his uh, with his legs being held by Friedman. It is the very uh, right gay around shit. Friedman's nuts, like <laughs> I, like he's about to force Zuckerberg to give him a foot job. He is um, spreading those toes. like i'm not against wrestling or anything but this was just strange like this doesn't happen and suddenly there's these two guys like oh yeah it's just sports guys i don't know it's something about this was odd cringe see brooklyn 112 is saying cringe it it is is absolutely cringe and so like i said it, it looks like it looks like friedman's about to force zuckerberg to give him a double foot job it's a it's um, it's the gay shit. It's gay, yeah. And then, of course, Elon Musk, you say, oh, well, he's not going to fight Zuckerberg, okay? But you know what he did do? He fought Lex Friedman. And they had, yeah. or or rolled with him, I guess. Uh, yeah, I rolled Lex yeah, lo- Friedman. Looks, huh? like, looks like he's getting flipped by Elon. Yeah. So apparently they're training or whatever, but yeah. I think there's, yeah. so if, if Zuckerberg teabags Lex Friedman and then Lex Friedman teabags Elon, you know, is that an indirect teabag? Is that like Zuckerberg gets to pass it on? No, it doesn't work like that. Okay. I'm just checking. Yeah. If it worked like that, there probably would have been a lot less teabagging in Halo. (laughs) Well, um, that's all I had to say about that. I just wanted to mention the gay shit. (laughs) I'm glad I got to mention that about the fight itself. Yeah. the funniest damn thing, it, his his mother wrote on wrote on Twitter telling him to not do the fight. Uh, real men fight with words, sort of bullshit. And he's like, <laughs> "Yes, mother." Uh huh. Yeah. Sounds like a Total cop mama's out. boy. What a yeah. mama's boy. Mama. I'd be like, I'd be like, if if it was me and some other dude, and my mom was like that, I'd be like. Yeah, sure, Mom. Don't worry about it. I'm going to beat this guy's ass. Don't worry. You know what my mama would say? Knock, Knock him out! out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> mama said, knock you out! That's what I said. I'm going to knock you out! Yeah. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback! Ah, you want to you wanna hear some bad news now? Yeah, let's get some bad... Well, I thought this wasn't the bad news, but let's move no. on. Uh... Microsoft wants us to go back to the age of dumb terminals. Thin terminals or dumb terminals? Or dumb thin terminals. Thin and dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, thin, hey, I like my terminals like I like my women. Apparently they had a they had an internal presentation that ended up getting revealed uh due to ongoing FTC versus Microsoft hearings where Microsoft plans to move windows even more into the cloud to the point where you just have a you just have like a modern life device that all it really does is connect to a windows virtual machine somewhere in azure so the idea is if you've got an internet connection you're you're connected to windows on microsoft's own machines 
as part of the whole Windows 365 thing. And so pretty much all you've got is a screen, a keyboard, and a little box with an ethernet port, a Wi-Fi adapter, and just enough shit to start an RDP session. This is your, would you call it a modern device machine? A modern day machine? Modern life. Modern life machine. You know yes. what? It reminded me of the, uh, what it's missing is that mood organ from the Philip K. Dick story. <laughs> All you need is you have that button and it changes, you know, it, dep- it has an antidepressant pill it pops out for you. But yeah, I mean, like, you're, you're looking at this, I mean... We've been we've been through this age. This was this was computing in the 60s and 70s and early 80s, right? Where you have where you have like a big ass mainframe or at least at least a bank of mini computers and everybody's got a terminal connected to it, right? And maybe maybe if you're running like uh, Unix on a uh, on some heavy metal, right? and you've got some decently powered terminals you might even be able to you might even be able to provide an x session to your users but i mean we've gotten to the point where your computer is what you got with you right you don't need to be wired into something else to use it anymore and microsoft's thinking hey we're 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 going to we're going to put everything uh, back on big metal somewhere else, and you're going to connect to it, and that's the only way you'll be able to do computing, and you're going to like it. No, fuck you, Microsoft. Suck my dick. Eat my fucking dirty ass hairs. No, that's not where I'm going. I'm going to the future, motherfuckers. I'm not going back to the past. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, it's it's irritating. I was looking at... a. This is terrible. The price list for SharePoint. Ugh. Not that I'm using SharePoint. I was just curious. I wanted to know what it was. And it's all it's all based around put your business shit on our server. We don't get hacked. Nothing bad happens here. It was very irritating. Like even the the idea that you could run this on your own hardware is buried. They want you to pay uh, software as a service licenses forever, and yeah, they want to the host all your shit. Ver- the last version of uh, SharePoint, I believe, you could actually run on your own metal was SharePoint 2016. Yep. Absolutely. And, yeah, and there's also now, like, Copilot, and your AI-powered assistant to replace Cortana, and it's going to be in the cloud, and the only way you can use it is with a constant internet connection, because more of your stuff has to be on a Microsoft server where they can fuck with your life as much as they want and you can't do shit. No, fuck this. Fuck them. They can eat my shit. Fuck Microsoft. This just makes me even more happy that I'm moving towards Linux so I can wave my hairy dick in the face of these motherfuckers at Microsoft and say, suck on this, you cocks. <laughs> little testy, are we? Just a little. Jeez. You must have had a really spicy burrito today. Oh God, yeah, yeah, my ass is on fire. I've I've heard the <laughs> the thing that they've I did notice was they put Vizio in their normal package, which is unusual uh, for a long time. Well, Vizio used to be packaged with Microsoft Office, and they took it out. The bastards, and uh, the the only with the developer and huge uh, priced enterprise editions of Office. 
Unless unless things, like you said, have changed just recently, they never shipped it with, like, the regular standard or professional editions. They did at one, and it might have been 2003, but there was a point when it did get included. Um, and I know Again, because that, that was, was the, like the- that was Officer Developer Edition, where they included everything, but the main purpose of it was so that you couldn't develop your, like own applications that hook into the office ecosystem. Hmm. Well, either way, um, it got me thinking what I really zeroed in on. Okay, Word and Excel and all those things, you know, you can you can imagine being on a server. I mean, I would never put any of my stuff on there. But, you know, with Visio, you're talking about you, that's some of the real proprietary stuff you might be working with. You know, why would you let Microsoft host that on their server? It just seems ridiculous. It's not a memo about the pizza party. You know, this is the million-dollar idea, you know, is encoded in this these 25 Visio drawings that show you how to make the thing, if you use Visio, like if you were dumb enough to, to do that. Instead of, instead, of, instead of using, like, an actual CAD program, I don't think people actually well, use Visio for CAD purposes. Vi- video, Most no, of they what do. I've seen with Visio have been, like, fucking block diagrams of process flows and dumb shit like that that you could do with pretty much fucking any sort of uh any sort of like drawing application no there's there's some pretty detailed uh design i've seen in visio LibreOffice draw is irritating serpent i see your comment yeah it's it's very <laughs> it's... irritating uh there are there are better there are better open source equivalents to visio mm. There are. Uh, I would recommend, let's see, I used to use FreeCAD um, for 3D, and then there was LibreCAD, which was 2D only. And I would use LibreCAD for a lot of things. It, it, I really had to do more than 3D stuff, so I had to get rid of it. But FreeCAD, Servo, not FreeCAD. But I mean, a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I've seen with Visio, you could do in Inkscape. Uh yeah, maybe you, you see some more complicated shit, but I think if it, I think if there's if there's stuff like that, then maybe a CAD program would be the better choice. Well, I mean, Visio does do you know, scale drawings and layers, and uh, it's probably I, I would suspect I'm just guessing it, it's a little more capable for this than uh, than you might realize. And I'll caveat that I by remember, saying I've, I I've used Visio professionally to do drawings. <laughs> I remember that with certain editions of Visual Studio, when it was Visual Studio.net specifically, uh, with the with the big license, you would get Visio included with a bunch of tools that would let you diagram out, like you'd make UML diagrams in it, Ugh. and you'd be able to click a button and it would generate a bunch of code for you, and you'd be able to use that in your in your projects and it had some other tool that would analyze your project and try and make some diagrams out of it and generally do a piss poor job but you know yeah uml diagrams man i'm glad i don't work with those i've never really liked them there's a few of them that are actually worthwhile like activity diagrams but for the most part yeah it's fucking just Busy bullshit. Mm-hmm. Well, well, uh, we got some boostograms. We could talk about those. Yeah, we actually, uh, we actually have an executive producer for tonight's show. Let's start off with that. 
who is none other than the lovely Carolyn Blaney. That's right. We got. Did you uh, see how much she sent in? Yeah, two hundred twenty-one thousand one hundred twenty-two sets. Yeah, and she sent a message just for me. It says, "Hey, cold acid, do you remember active surplus? Wasn't that great? Well, break a leg." Yeah, I remember active surplus. I remember it and the big and the big gorilla out front. That, <laughs> good times. Gorilla. That was a great place what? to go. You, you can't just say yeah. there's a big gorilla and leave me there hanging. What's tell yeah, me about the big gorilla? They had, they had this. Uh, they had this like not not a real gorilla, but it's essentially Aww. a stuffed gorilla suit, right? Was that it, they'd have out the by the front door. Was it stuffed with a person? No, no. Well, what, how like, is it a suit then? Oh, like no agenda stream is hiccuping. Yeah, they took uh. a gorilla suit, put it around a human-shaped frame, and filled up the rest with uh, sawdust or something so it would keep shape. Okay. And so they had that, like, out front, and you knew you, knew you were there when you saw the gorilla. <laughs> and you'd go up the stairs, and they'd have all sorts of, like, electrical components and weird gugas and shit. Gugas? What's a Guga? Is that a Canadian thing? You no, know, it, it's a it's a thingamajig. <laughs> oh, well, what you call it? Yeah, exactly. I see. Oh, that's cool. Um, I'm yeah, not sure about it this. Was a great place. This message. I mean, Carolyn's telling you uh, to break your legs. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> well, I think that makes Carolyn the executive producer for tonight. Uh, I did say that. A uh, a. Uh, Honored position, yeah. and she's frequently the executive producer. Yeah, well, she 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 is she is making it rain with those sats. Uh, that's a lot of them. No, uh, we also got during the episode a live boost from none other than Boobery, also a frequent booster. Yep, Boobery. He sent in. Uh, he sent in seventeen thousand seven hundred seventy-six sats. Also, a message. It says, yes, he did. The bar near where I work has that Blake's triple berry on tap and it's pretty tasty. Yes, Booberry. I think it's also tasty. Mm. It may be tasty, but it's still made of lies. <laughs> Other natural flavorings. All right. That's my favorite kind of flavorings. I'm sure it is. Now, thank you, Booberry, for the sats. And Carolyn, thanks for being the executive producer of the show. Let's see, we got uh, some podcasts I can we, run down, or and then oh, we could do maybe yeah. another story. Another couple of stories. I think we're going to run a little late today. Ah, that's fine. Uh, let me do the podcast real fast. Uh, from the top, like Hog Story, still no episode. I know they recorded an episode, but it's not been posted yet. No name yet. Uh, behind the schemes. There were, there were a lot. Apparently, there were a, there were a lot of voicemails for, for that episode, and... By the time by the time I had I had stopped listening and gone to bed because it had gotten that late, I don't think they maybe even gotten through a third of them. Yeah, I think they wrapped up. I remember the show started a little late and then it ran late too. Uh, I was yeah. listening, and uh, a lot of voicemails. Uh, Behind the schemes had episode one hundred fifty eight titled "We'll See." Grumpy old Ben's episode two hundred twenty six power rankings. That was today. Did you listen to that? Yes, I did. And in fact, I delayed getting out for my burrito so I could enjoy the whole episode and the post-show chat that they had. Oh, wow. Delayed gratification. They were trolling me and I was trolling them and we were having a good old time. 
It's a very tantric move of you. Very. <laughs> uh, bowl after bowl had episode 253, U plus inches. And uh, that How many would, inches in a U? Uh, it looks like 11 if you cover the bottom. That There's 11 <laughs> inches in you? Gay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me swing that. Also, I had a Roseanne Bar podcast. I was plugging that on here. Someone must have been listening. Someone add uh, some... <laughs> some reporting rag because they went off on her. It actually wasn't her podcast. It was an interview with uh, Theo Vaughn and she made the front page of the Drudge Report and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, so I put that in. Do you see the headline? Look, Roseanne shock. Nobody died in the Holocaust. That's the truth. And so Six she million Jews should die right... What the fuck? That that doesn't sound like what she actually said in the That's, podcast. It's not literally, she literally said that. But let me just read a little bit of the article. It says, it's unclear whether she actually believes the Holocaust didn't take place or whether she was making a, a comment about what you are or aren't allowed to say online. I wonder what she was doing. It's unclear to these Jim Oaks that... If you read the context of it, that's exactly what she was talking about. She was talking about, oh, you get shut down if you say something about January 6th and they don't like, it doesn't agree. Or you get shut down with this or that. And she was talking about that, naming all these third rail topics. So, you know, I just thought it was funny that they bit on it. Uh, she's clearly oh. being facetious and they've never heard her talk. I mean, she's a Jewish woman herself. She's an old Jewish lady. Yeah. Uh, uh, but she just she likes sticking it to people, so I I well, enjoy no, that. Nobody nobody has ever claimed that anybody at Drudge Report has more than maybe two neurons to bounce off each other. Can, collectively, can, I've suspected they've been bought by. I used to think they were bought by the Chinese, uh, but now I don't know who runs it. For a while, there was the a Biden rumor. Crime family. Yeah, Matt Drudge. There was a rumor that it was up for sale. Uh, I don't know where that came from or if it was true or not, but I remember hearing about it. And then be, maybe to, between 2015 and 2016, it really shuffled its its coverage. Um, and it was always thought to be kind of a right-leaning thing, but it's very uh, it's a very mainstream rhino-leaning publication these days. Uh, it's it's actually really irritating. They like they they focus on details that don't matter. They're they're promoting bullshit narratives when it's convenient to uh, basically the uh, the mainstream Republican view. Not they used to be kind of a little bit of an outlier, but I don't know. Maybe more Rush Limbaugh, where you know he was mainstream too, I guess. But he had a he had a slightly different tilt than someone like uh, Sean Hannity. But anyway. Um, Drudge Report, I've thought for years, and I don't really talk about this, but I've, I thought that that mood change on there was due to them being bought. And I think uh, someone else is in charge, and it's uh, undisclosed fact that Matt Drudge uh, isn't involved. Because if you found Matt out... He Dr Matt Drudge... Matt Drudge may never have actually existed. Might have been a plant this whole time. There's been some pictures of him. Like, he showed up on the Alex Jones program in the background once. But that doesn't jive with the way things are now on the site. So I, I think there was a backroom deal, and part of the, the terms are they're not going to disclose he's not involved anymore. Because otherwise, this, it wouldn't be worth it. No one would go there if they knew it was bought by the Was Chinese, he in any right? of Epstein's books? Um, I never read any of Epstein's books, so I wouldn't know. No, uh, I'm just, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's the deal. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, I still read that damn rag. I'm sorry. It's... 
It's like a habit. Yeah, I keep you, you should, typing you it in. You should stop that. You should you should go back to reading Dig instead. It's, it's better for you. <laughs> I do read Dig. Oh man. At least you know what you're getting when you when you read Dig. All right. Uh, that's the podcast wrap up. Yep. Right. All right. So it's the last episode of the uh, of the spring anime season, which means it's time to take a look at what's coming up next season. Oh boy. Oh boy. So, yeah, so I picked out I picked out a, a number of shows, of course. Most of them are are sequels that I've picked out, so I'm not going to bother I'm not going to bother running through those because I mean, why would I? But there are there are a few shows that I am going to I am going to mention. The uh, the first one is My Tiny Senpai. Mm. <laughs> yeah. that's a funny name thumbelina is it thumbelina or tom thumb no i i mean the top of her head at least comes to like the middle of the chest of the of the protagonist but but really if you had to choose thumbelina or tom thumb thumbelina thumbelina uh she's not gonna fit because i'm sure i'm sure like with That's love, good. there's always a way. <laughs> you ever buy a can of tomato paste? That's what you're talking about here. All right. <laughs> I yeah, digress. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah let's, let's, not, let's not get into, like, fatal territory here. <laughs> fatal. Roll for my do anal. I, do I have to tell you? Do I have to mention what that is? I'm going to roll for my anal circumference, all right? Yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So it, it's a cute. So anyway, my tiny senpai. It's a it's a cute uh, it's a cute rom com about a about a guy who is coddled by his senpai, who is like this four foot two woman. Okay. Uh, with uh, great tracts of land, of I course. I see bazungas. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty cute thing. I was reading the. I was reading the manga when it was uh, when it was being published. So I, I think I'm going to enjoy this because I mean I always go for these sappy rom coms for some reason. Mm-hmm. The other one, uh, as I was saying, sappy rom coms is the girl I like forgot her glasses. <laughs> it sounds and like such a lame manga or light novel. It's uh. it's a, it's again a manga adaptation, and it is also cute, of course, because I mean that's what I go for. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, because of because of the lewd pictures that people consistently post of the main character on uh, on the Fediverse, is Atelier Riza. Which has, which features this fledgling alchemist girl who has it up top and down bottom, if you know what I mean. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch that, and well, we'll see where it goes. I'm gonna give it at least two episodes, <laughs> and if uh, if the if the titty too strong, right? I keep watching even if it's no good. <laughs> She got, she's got powerful thighs too, like thigh dents with those short shorts of hers. Mm, she's Joe Thiden, huh? Thunder thighs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so, I, 
I'm a I'm a man, so I only watch manly anime, and that's why I am watching K on season one. <laughs> <laughs> the manliest of all no, anime. No, you know what the manliest of all anime is? Berserk. Yes. I got you with Second. that one. Yeah. 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 Second <laughs> okay. is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All right, all right. I'll get and to that someday. Is yeah, and third is Cromarty High. Cromarty High was great. I love that one. It was. Oh my god. The fucking Freddie Mercury dude. It's <laughs> yeah. my favorite stupid skit is there's a kid who goes to this high school who looks exactly like Freddie Mercury and he walks around without a shirt wearing suspenders. It's just like a big and hairy he, English he answer, guy. He answers to Freddy. Like everybody <laughs> just calls him Freddy and he responds to it. Don't forget there's also there's also the gorilla. Was he the guy who ate the pencils? Uh, no, there was no an the literal gorilla, gorilla in the class. Yes. Yeah, a literal gorilla. And Mekazawa. And Mekazawa. I like the just that first gag. This this is when I knew I was gonna like the show. Is the first gag? It must have been the first episode. He goes to high school. He's, wow, this is a really tough school. And he dro- knocks his pencil off his desk. And this guy sitting behind him picks up his pencil and he's holding it out for him. And he goes, "Oh, maybe he's not such a bad guy after all." And then he bites off the pencil and he eats the <laughs> whole fucking thing. He's like, holy <laughs> shit, this is crazy. And he goes, hmm. He opens his pencil case and like dumps 20 on the floor. <laughs> and he's got this guy just eating all his pencils. It's the wackiest scene. And it's just it hilarious. Fucking golden show. Man. Just absolutely great. <laughs> oh, oh you know what else is coming out this season? I'm not planning to watch it. But the, the show where where the person is reincarnated as a vending machine. <sighs> they that got animated? That's get yeah, that got animated. Oh god. Is that it? After Reborn dying in a traffic as a vending action, machine, I now wander the dungeon. I've seems I've turned into a vending machine. I can only do what actual vending machines can. It's impossible to move by myself, and there's no way for me to have any meaningful conversations. How am I going to survive some fantasy world's dungeon like this? Jeez. What a yeah, bizarre um, show. He's a vending they, machine. They, they have, they, like, uh... Japanese publishers saw the money getting made on isekai stories, and they went scraping the bottom of the barrel to get their own share of the dough. How about I got reincarnated as myself? <laughs> Can we do that one? Can we just bring it full circle? Well, mo- mo- most of them are that. They're, they're, I got reincarnated as myself, but with OP powers. In the same body. Pretty much. I, yeah. get, I get reincarnated 60 times a minute into my own body. Oh God! There's an idea. There's an idea. Somebody is somebody. Somebody gets isekai'd by Truckun, and their body is exactly like it was uh, from the accident. So they're like all mangled and crippled and stuff, but they're still alive, and they have and they have like immortality now as like their OP thing. So here they are, this wreck of a body that that's pretty much dead, and they can't actually die. And so the whole thing is just like they're miserable. Like, please <laughs> let me die. <laughs> How come no one no one talks about what happens to the truck? Because the truck always gets away with it. That's <sighs> the Sam Hyde mobile. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that Sam Hyde mobile. Beautiful. It's a kind people all up and down the four oh four four oh one. There you go. <laughs> 
think that's a possible show title. <laughs> Sam Hyde <laughs> Sam Hyde Mobile. Hey, we had another boostergram while we were doing the show, laughing it up. We got uh, 19,760 sats from Dirty Jersey Whore, who says, boosting on the fly. Woo! Woohoo! Thanks, Thank Dirty you, Jersey, Jersey Whore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we got to do to close this up? Do we got more stuff to do? Uh, I, yeah, I got I got one more. Actually, I got two more things that I really want to bring up. Now we're at uh, we're at an hour. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, I know. I'm I good know, for it know, if you want to do but, another. Uh, but you... Today, we're going to talk about roundabouts. A roundabout is a type of circular intersection through which traffic flows in one direction around a central island. So how exactly do you navigate a roundabout? So yeah, this is, this is a video that I came across from a, uh, from a particular organization known as the Bosnian Ape Society, and it it start. It's it's a driver's ed video. Okay. Uh, it starts about roundabouts, but you quickly find that no, using a roundabout may may be part of the lesson, but it isn't the true story. Mm. An excellent first performance, but there was one thing you missed. Did you see the problem? Of course. For the entire duration, there was a single-seat, twin-engine, super-maneuverable Sukhoi Su-35 flanker E air defense fighter observing you this whole time. It didn't even bother engaging the vulnerable target it saw. It was like watching an injured fish flailing about the water. It didn't even consider you a threat, because it was too busy laughing at your complete and utter incompetence. Yeah, so this video, it asks you the question, is your car safe from super maneuverable air defense fighter aircraft? And it gives you it gives you the knowledge you need to be able to defend yourself against such aircraft when driving your Audi. This sounds uh, like an interesting. I mean, does it is it is it serious advice? Many computer. Oh, <laughs> I'm very serious. They also have some other very useful uh, useful articles such as uh, one wondering if a modern main battle tank can defend against a baguette. A baguette? A baguette. A baguette? Oui, oui. A baguette. Oui. <laughs> uh, there is another one. Uh, I'm trying to find it. There's, a, there's another video of theirs that uh, was about... Uh, how to, how to, yeah, here it is. How to protect your shopping trolley from improvised explosives so that you can safely shop at a Tesco in South London at three o'clock in the morning. I see. Do you need uh, yes. some, some, some beats? No, I don't need some beats. Okay. Also, here's another, here's another useful one. How to prevent bike theft using electronic warfare countermeasures. <laughs> What are you doing? Range gate pull-offs? Come on. With I mean, a bike? Well, How's I mean, this gonna work? For for one thing, you've got for one thing, in case somebody fires a, a guided missile at you, there are there are certain attachments that you can put on your bike <laughs> that will mislead the missile as to your position and send it careening harmlessly away. I see. Yes. Very useful, as I said. So those are gonna be in the show notes. And I advise everybody to watch these videos and learn from them, because what you learn may save your life. May. And to wrap up, to wrap up my stories for today, 
it turns out that even though even Democrats are starting to believe uh, about UFOs now. Okay, I didn't know that the, that UFOs were political. Of course, they're political. UFOs have been discussed in Congress quite a bit recently, and there is now I, I mean, there is now a bipartisan measure going through one of one of those Senate subcommittees, the Senate Intelligence Committee, to make sure that the U.S. government does not fund directly or indirectly any secret reverse engineering of vehicles of extraterrestrial <laughs> oh extraterrestrial origin. <sighs> Fine. I mean, that baseball gets discussed in Congress. That doesn't make it political. Yes, but I mean, it's it's important that if the United States is reverse engineering UFOs, they cannot do so under undercovers. <laughs> they have to be open about their UFO research and reverse engineering now. All right. Not under the covers. Do it in the sex swing. That's what we have to say. Yep. Reverse engineer those UFOs in the sex swing is the best way to go. All right. Is and that... the aliens enjoy it more that way, too. God. We've arrived, huh? <laughs> oh, <Yes>. God. <laughs> we arrived a while ago. So something's arrived. All <laughs> right. Well, that's been the Rare Encounter program. I hope you all had fun, stayed engaged, listening actively. Until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Uh, stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman, but she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman, but she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?